Thank you so much, Martha. And I'd like to invite you to bow your heads before we open the Word of God. Dear Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for this beautiful sunny day and for the mission we could start this afternoon. But in this moment, we would like to offer ourselves to you and ask you to send your Spirit to talk to us. We need hope and we need an assurance that everything is going to be victorious in the future. So Lord, please open your word for us and also open our minds and hearts. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. So today is going to be the concluding sermon on the second advent. It doesn't mean that I will not preach about the second advent anymore, but this is going to be the tenth of a series of sermons. Five taken from the Old Testament, another five from the New Testament. And so I thought that would be appropriate to find out what the very last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, is telling us about our victory in the future. But before I do that, I, uh, I was thinking of doing a little research and find out how many times um, this term to overcome or to have victory appears in the New Testament. What do you think? How many times does this term appear there? This is the verb. Pardon? Five times? A little more? Not a hundred times. Let's see in between. <laughs> Twenty-five times. Twenty-five times you can find this term in the New Testament. And to my surprise, which I also discovered, is that out of this twenty-five... Fifteen times it occurs in the very last book of the Bible. And I also discovered something that there are an additional seven times when the term occurs in other writings of John. His gospel and also his first letter. So if you add up all these, there are twenty-two times out of the 25, when you will find this term in the writings of John. So what I concluded is that he was very much occupied in his mind, and because of the revelation and inspiration of God, he was able to write the most of the encouraging sentences or promises in the New Testament. So I'd like to read a few of those. We have no time to read all 22. And as I was talking to Ron at the beginning of the service, you know, we concluded that I have to learn a lesson to preach short sermons. Because we had so many other ministries or services during this worship time that I really have to learn a, a little, uh, little more, be more focused on the topic 
So I'd like to jump into the Gospel of John, uh, chapter 16. In John chapter 16, this is, uh, is one of my favorite chapters. You know, I, I love the Gospel of John. But uh, this is a very special chapter because there was the last speech or teaching of Jesus before he was arrested. And in chapter 17, you, you will find his beautiful prayer for his disciples. But there is no more talk after chapter 17, unless you think about the dialogue between Pilate, Pilate and Jesus. But there is no more teaching given to the disciples. And so John, we, we go to John 16, and I'd like to read verses 27 to 30 first, and then 31 to 33, to see how Jesus is concluding uh, his long speech. Uh, so verse 27, it says, The Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from forth from God. I came forth from the Father and have come into the world again I leave the world and go to the Father so he, it's, it's very clear very simple language so the disciples understood and they responded and they said to him see now you are speaking plainly and using no figure of speech there was a very plain message Jesus said, I came from the Father, and I will go back to Him. So if you want to summarize the mission of Jesus, it was very simple. Coming down from heaven to earth, spending 30-something years, then He was about to return to His Father. So the disciples said, you are speaking plainly, using no figure of speech, now we are sure that you know all things and have no need that everyone should question you. By this we believe that you came forth from God. So they understood something. They said, now we see a clear picture. Because you are speaking very plainly. No parable, no Story, no figure of speech. It's a very plain language. And that's how Jesus responded. Beginning with verse 31, he said, Do you now believe? Indeed, the hour is coming. Yes, has now come. That you will be scattered, each to his own, and will leave me alone. And yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have, that's the term, that's the only place in the Gospel of John where you find this term 
I have overcome the world. So Jesus is saying something as a response to his disciples. You believe now. He says, the hour is coming that you will be scattered. I'll be left alone. And so the lesson we need to learn is that sometimes when we feel we are very strong in faith. The next day or even the next hour we could go down in faith. And so Jesus said it's okay if you believe but keep up that faith. Because in a few hours and we know it happened really in a few hours within the next few hours when he was arrested who stood beside Jesus or who remained with him there was nobody there was nobody practically nobody we know that Peter was one of those brave ones and of course John also who followed him in a distance but there was nobody with him but he said something encouraging He said, yet I am not alone because the Father, the Father is with me. So these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So if you want to have peace, Think about Jesus overcoming. But of course the question is, how did he overcome? Well, we need to move on to, uh, let's say to John. Let's go to John. Just turn the page to John 19. I have to skip a few Bible verses this morning. Do you believe that at a time when Jesus was hanging on the cross, there was the darkest hour in earth history? Do you believe that? There was physical darkness, but there was more than that. There was spiritual darkness. And it's interesting how John is describing this situation. Let's go to chapter 19. And then I'm reading verses 28 to 30. This is John 19. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. And he was quoting Psalm 22. Now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there. And they filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on a hyssop, and put it to his mouth. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And bowing his head, He gave up his spirit. 
what happened to Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that was the darkest hour. And how do we know that? Well, we need to turn to Luke. And Luke adds something to the words of Jesus. Because in this story, this description in John, it only says it is finished and then Jesus died. But if you turn back to Luke 23, there is something even more interesting. Luke 23 and verse 46. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. And of course, the previous verse is telling us that something extraordinary happened in the sixth hour. There was darkness over the, the whole earth. Until the ninth hour, verse 44. 45 says, Then the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was torn in two. Was Jesus alone? Because if you turn to Matthew, we are not reading those verses, turn to Matthew and Mark, Matthew 27 or Mark 15, you will read something additional. When Jesus was crying out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And there was no response from the Father. So my question was and is, how did Jesus overcome? Because if, if he said and he did, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Which means that he was really left alone. And now he's saying something interesting. When Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. So how is it that a few minutes before he said, Why have you forsaken me? And now he's saying, In your hands I commit my spirit. Is it something which worth, is worth to think about? So how did it happen to him that he won a victory when he said, Why have you forsaken me? And if he felt that he was left alone, although he said in John 16 that I'm not, a left, I'm not left alone because my father is with me, but on the cross he was really left alone. He said, why have you forsaken me? And now he's saying, into your hands I commit my soul. Whose hands? If he was left alone. Well, we have a beautiful book. The Desire of Ages. And I'd like to read something from that book which touched my heart. And this is on page 756. Desire of Ages. Page 756. 
it says suddenly the gloom lifted from the cross and in clear trumpet like tones that seemed to resound throughout creation Jesus cried it is finished Father into thy hands I commit my spirit and then listen now this is the interesting part she says a light encircled the cross and the face of the Savior shone with the glory like the sun he then bowed his head upon his breast and died then an additional comment amid the awful darkness apparently forsaken of God Christ had drained the last dregs in the cup of human woe in those dreadful hours he had relied upon the evidence of his father's acceptance heretofore given for given him he was acquainted with the character of his father he understood his justice his mercy and his great love by faith he rested in him whom it had ever been his joy to obey and as in submission he committed himself to God the sense of the loss of his father's favor was withdrawn by faith Christ was victor so on one hand he said why have you forsaken me on the other hand he said although I feel you have forsaken me I am all alone I am bearing all the burdens of sin I still commit my soul into your hands so this last second so to speak or minute before really dying and finishing Ellen White puts it so beautifully that a light encircled the cross and the face of the Savior shone with a glory like the sun and it says the sense of the loss of his father's favor was withdrawn so at his last step, the last moment, was taken by faith. So Christ became a victor. How can you or me overcome? Same way. Same way, although you feel you are all alone, you left alone, nobody cares. And maybe you feel that you are the greatest sinner. But before you die, you can still say the same thing. That into your hands I commit my soul. Because I trust that you are a caring God, you are a loving Father, you are full of mercy and grace. 
And so in that last moment, there was light around the cross. Although the whole world was covered with darkness, even the sun was darkened, as we read from Luke. But in this description, we understand something, that Jesus made his last step in faith. So the question is, how can you or me overcome? Well, I, I'd like to read just a few verses from Revelation, just uh, to uh, comfort all of us that there is a way to overcome. I'm not reading all 15, 15 uh, places or passages from, from Revelation, but let's go to chapter 1, I mean, sorry, uh, chapter 3, Revelation chapter 3, and then verse 21. I really need to select the Bible verses, but if, if anyone is interested, I can give you all the list of <laughs> those occurrences in Revelation. Fifteen altogether. But I'll just pick a few. Um, chapter 3 and verse 21 says, To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. This is one of the most beautiful promises because it concludes another six. If you go back to chapter two and then three, you will find seven letters to seven churches and at the end of each there is a promise. He who overcomes... He who overcomes. And if you, if you count those promises, they are increasing in number. But this very last one is a concluding one. Because Jesus said, To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, as I also overcame, and sat down with my Father on his throne. So it is possible to overcome. Because God would not require impossible. And with the Lord, everything is possible. So he is saying that he who overcomes or she who overcomes, I will grant him or her to sit down with me the same way as I overcame and sat down with my father. Let's go to chapter 5. Revelation, we stay in Revelation chapter 5, verse 5. One of the elders said to me, Don't weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed or has overcome, the same term, to open the scroll and to lose its seven seals. If you for any reason feel your faith is weakened and you start becoming depressed, you are weeping, you are crying, then this Bible verse is for you because the elder is saying, but uh, he is a heavenly elder, <laughs> but he is an elder. 
talking to John in his vision and, and he's telling him, don't cry. Because the lion overcame the other lion. And he is the lion from the tribe of Judah in a symbolic language, of course. Now let's move to the next chapter, Revelation 6. And this is something amazing here. Chapter 6 and verse 2 says, And I looked and behold a white horse. He who sat on it had a bow. And a crown was given to him. And he went out conquering and to conquer or overcoming and to overcome. And this is a symbolic description of Jesus again. That he has come and he overcame, but he is going to overcome again. Would you let Jesus help you to overcome? So he could overcome again and again? That's beautiful. If you turn to chapter 17, we are making big steps. Revelation 17, verse 14. These will make war with the Lamb, the ten kings. It's, it's the end of human history. These will make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb will overcome them. So even the very last enemy or enemies, the ten kings, Jesus or the Lamb in the symbolism of Revelation, Jesus will overcome them for he is Lord of lords and King of kings. And those who are with him are called, chosen, and faithful. Isn't it beautiful that he is sharing his victory? He is overcoming those ten kings who want to make war with the Lamb. And he is victorious because he is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. But he is not alone. You can be part of that group. It says those who are called or chosen and faithful. And then finally, let's move to the very last place, which is in Revelation 21, verse 7. 21, verse 7 says, He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. You will inherit everything. I'd like to close with a short story. A story about a man who uh, who won a cruise trip. He has never been on a cruise trip. So he didn't know how to prepare himself and he said in case they, uh, they don't provide food, the trip is paid. It's a beautiful trip. Ten day trip. He took some canned foods with him. Just to be sure, 
he would survive 10 days. And the weather was excellent like today. Beautiful. No big waves. Everything was beautiful. And, and the days went by. He reached the very last can. And he ate. There was some kind of beans. And uh, after that he felt bad. And he said, what can I do for the next few days? I have nothing to eat. So he went down to the restaurant next morning. And he asked one of the waiters, how much would it cost to have a lunch? I don't remember the number, but it was a big number. And he became very sad. He said, I, I can't afford that. I still have three or four more days. I would spend a fortune on food. And the waiter paused for a moment and asked this man, do you have this invitation card you received in the mail? Oh yes, he said, I, I have this, this card. He pulled, he pulled out the card and the waiter looked at it and he said, did you read the small letters? And it was written, all-inclusive. And so the waiter told him, you can sit down and enjoy your meal. It's already paid. If someone is victorious, it will be an all-inclusive trip to heaven. Because that's what God is saying <clears throat> He who overcomes shall inherit how much? All things. All inclusive. And I will be his God and he shall be my son. And you would say, what about Jesus? Is he not the only son of God? Or can God call you or me his sons or daughters because of Jesus? So Jesus made his last step in faith. And so we are supposed to do the same thing. And whenever you feel you are left alone or you have much tribulation in this world Jesus is saying be of good cheer I have already done it so I am victorious and I sat with my father on his throne so you can sit with me on my throne so you can be the son of God because you inherited everything. Would you like to be there? And I think this afternoon we'll have a golden opportunity to reach out to those who have never heard 
about this good news. Because the Bible is full of good news and the very last part of the Bible is focusing on victory. That's my prayer this morning that our good Lord would lead us and strengthen our faith so we could make that very last step in faith and become an overcomer with Christ. Amen. Let's bow our heads for a closing prayer. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful again. We are thankful for Jesus. The Jesus who is hanging on the cross, crying out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And maybe within an hour, he cried out again, It is finished. And to my hands I commit my soul. He made this very last step in faith and in glory because there was light around the cross. And it is beautiful how the revelation was given to Ellen White because the, the Bible describes the whole scene as being a dark place. And darkness was covering the whole world. The sun was even darkened. But in that last moment, when Jesus made his final decision, and he became a victor for us, he made his last step in faith and we are so thankful to you Lord for giving us the book of Revelation because it is full of promises of victory and it is really fitting that the Bible is concluded with that book which shows us that there is a way up to heaven to the new Jerusalem because Jesus has won the victory. So we ask you Lord to give us good cheer. Help us not to worry. Not to be pressed down because of the distress that's creeping into this world. But help us to see that the glorious day is coming. And those who overcome will inherit everything. We'll be all inclusive. And this is the greatest gift you can give us. That we could spend all eternity with you as your sons and daughters because of the lion of the tribe of Judah he overcame so we can bless us Lord as we depart from this place and bless the food which has been prepared for us 
so we could enjoy that food and the fellowship but most of all we could enjoy this day it's a day of blessing and we want to thank you in the name of Jesus Amen <laughs>